Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. You're dealing with the weather and climate, things that we really can't predict or control. And so we have to be prepared for the worst case scenario and hope for the best. But if we can stomach that, we're probably going to land somewhere in the middle and going to be just fine. So I think, yeah, just underestimating expenses and not having enough reserves. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel. I'm with today's guest, Michael Albaum. Michael is joining us from Petaluma, California, He is the program manager and head coach at Roofstock, a marketplace for buying and selling investment properties. Michael owns 45 multifamily units and two commercial units and embodies the nomadic lifestyle, living in a van while traveling full-time with his wife. Michael, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? Thanks so much, Josh, for having me. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Michael, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, totally. So started investing right around 10 years ago with single family homes in a market that I knew because I read that book that I think so many of your listeners probably have, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and realized that my job wasn't going to get me where I wanted to go fast enough. So I said, let me do this thing on the side all the while I was working a full-time job and did that for about eight or nine years. And then unfortunately lost my dad and told my job, Hey, I need some time off to kind of go do a hard reset. And they said, sorry, we can't hold your spot for six months. And I said, well, sorry, I can't work here anymore then. So took about a year off and went and traveled the world with my wife and was doing some consulting and freelance work during that time. That's really when I got connected with this company, Roofstock, where I find myself now basically doing coaching, consulting, and helping building out their real estate education program. So all the while I was working a full-time job and all the while I was traveling, I was continuing to invest in real estate remotely. I was in Panama and purchasing properties in Cincinnati, Ohio. So when we got back, we came back during the midst of the pandemic because the borders were closing and my wife and I decided that we really didn't have our wiggles fully out. So she said, Hey, let's do this whole van life thing. And I was like, ah, man, I don't know. It seems kind of crazy, kind of small. She goes, let's do it. Let's do it. So we built out a van and then we're living in a van full-time traveling for about seven months in the Pacific Northwest and recently bought a house hack here in Northern California in the Bay Area. And how big was this van? 
Okay, so it was a Ford E350, which is the smallest U-Haul trucks that are out there. So it's about 17 feet long, and it's got a box on it. And it used to be a mobile golf showroom. So it's just a box on wheels. And you converted the inside. We converted the inside. Yep, had a full-size shower, had a mobile toilet, queen bed, really small kitchenette, a bench seat, and two seats up front. And you're smiling, so I'm assuming your wife is still with you. Yeah, yeah, we are very still cool. very happily it. married. Yeah. Good job, man. You got through that, you can get through anything. Big time, big time. So for people that think Roofstock is a roofing company, give us the rundown <laughs> on what Roofstock does. Roofstock is a marketplace that facilitates the transactions of buying and selling mostly of single family homes or some small multifamily that make it on the site occasionally as well. So it's almost like the eBay of real estate transactions. So you can go on the site today for free as a buyer and look at any of the properties that are listed on our site and you'll see underwriting information. You might see an inspection report. You might see a title report. And so really we're trying to empower investors that don't necessarily have a team locally in any of these markets that they're trying to invest in to be able to, because we can connect you with property managers. We can connect you with real estate agents. We can connect you with folks who can handle the insurance for you. So instead of going out and building your own team, you can kind of stand on our shoulders that we've done the work for you. And from a seller's perspective, you could go list your property on the site and you would be getting access to hundreds of thousands of investors that put their eyes on the website on a regular basis that live all over the world. So we know that that property is going to be sold to an investor. So an investor is going to look at the numbers and say, it either makes sense or it doesn't, as opposed to getting owner occupants touring your home saying, well, I don't really like the color of the carpet I'm going to pass. Or can you paint the walls for me before I take ownership? So it's a pure investor play. Are these properties typically priced at market or below or above? Kind of all over the place. So the seller gets the opportunity to set the price for themselves. We give some pricing guidance based on comparables that we're seeing in the area. But at the end of the day, it's their home. They're going to do with it what they'd like. We can make suggestions. And we have really great data around, hey, based on properties that are priced here in this market, they tend to move in X number of days because we have all the insights because we are facilitating so many of those transactions. So you'll see it all over the board. Do you offer complete turnkey houses? where I'm an investor, but I have no time, but I want to get into this game. So let me buy this house and have somebody else manage everything. Yeah. Some of the properties that make it onto the site would be what you could consider turnkey. But as far as setting up the property management, you are still the owner. But a product that we do have that's kind of cool is called Roofstock One, which is basically a, a tracking stock or a REIT where you can buy fractional ownerships into homes and then Roofstock manages that for you. So think of it like a REIT that you're buying into as opposed to the direct ownership. But as far as you buying the home, you being on title, but having to do totally no work whatsoever, totally hands off. No, that's not something that we offer. The fractional ownership, what are the returns to investors typically? They can range and they're going to be based on whatever market that particular REIT or that tracking stocks, we call them, is investing in. So there might be rent to own new construction in Atlanta, Georgia, that's going to have some kind of return. And you might have a Memphis, Tennessee portfolio that would probably have a slightly higher return because Memphis tends to be more of a cash flowing market than Atlanta. So it really varies and you can really pick and choose based on what your risk tolerance is and return profile looks like what it is you're looking to accomplish. Does Roofstock buy homes at all? 
They do. So occasionally they will find homes that either don't fit into the marketplace or they fell out of contract or they want to be part of Roofstock's own portfolio. They absolutely do. But it's a really small percentage, I would say. Because there's another company that got in trouble doing that. Oh, really? <laughs> Zillow. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Of, co- oh, of course. They were buying them on huge speculation and buying thousands upon thousands of homes. It's a much, much, much smaller percentage here. Yeah. Funny. Right before they ended that program, I had one single family house left from my earlier days and they bought it for way over market and sold it for a big loss within a month. Yeah. I mean, that was their whole model was they were flipping them. They were turning them and flipping them, which is a very different approach than what Roofstock is taking. The whole figuring out what it's going to be worth is a tough game, tough business to be involved in. Michael, what qualified you to work at Roofstock? Oh, I have, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> so I, okay. I think it was basically when I first started with them, it was, I was making PowerPoint presentations for their Roofstock Academy, which was the education program that they were looking to just get off the ground. So it was me and another guy, Tom, who doesn't work at the company anymore, different Tom than from MySpace. But we were just chatting and I was like, look, this is the experience I have. These are the things that I've done in real estate. He goes, this would be awesome. You've done a lot of different things. I would love for you to talk about that and teach that as part of the coaching program. And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds cool. I talk about real estate by choice all the time. Anyhow, I may as well get paid a little bit to do it now. And that just evolved over time. And we got to a point with the academy where it just made sense to kind of go full-time with Roofstock and really head up that program. So you have to see transactions from all different sides, good and bad. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when investing in real estate? Oh, I've made them. So I'll just share from personal experience. It's overestimating the positive and underestimating the negative and also living in your spreadsheet. I think most investors out there have some form of deal analysis, how they run their numbers. And I was a performed engineer. I I used to work as a professional fire protection engineer. So spreadsheets are my jam. I'm like, yes, numbers, math equations. Some of your listeners might be like trying to vomit right now, but that's the world I lived in. And so I was running my numbers like I would as an engineer and without any real world experience to kind of back that up with, I thought everything is going to go perfect. Nothing could possibly go wrong. And that's just not the case with real estate investing. You're dealing with real people that do all kinds of stuff. You're dealing with the weather and climate, things that we really can't predict or control. And so we have to be prepared for the worst case scenario and hope for the best. But if we can stomach that, we're probably going to land somewhere in the middle and going to be just fine. So I think, yeah, just underestimating expenses and not having enough reserves. And Michael, you've got a sizable portfolio, 45 units of multifamily, two commercial units. Was that before or during your time with Roofstock? That was mostly before Since working with Roostock, I've done some additional deals. I've picked up my primary residence, which were house hacking. I picked up a couple of short-term rentals that are single families as well. But the vast majority of my portfolio was prior to Roostock. And it's a shame because I started investing in single family homes and Roostock wasn't around. I was like, man, you guys are like five years too late. So you've got multifamily and commercial units. What are the commercial units that you have? There are two triple net lease properties. One, technically it's a double net lease property and the other is a triple net lease property. And for anyone listening that might not be familiar with what that is, it's basically where the tenant pays all of the expenses. And so in a traditional rental or lease situation, you collect income and then you pay all the expenses associated with the property from that income. 
Well, in the triple net lease situation, you collect income, but all of the expenses and depending on what the lease stipulates, the tenant will often pay all or most of them. So the property taxes, the insurance, the maintenance, the CapEx on the building, that's all stipulated to be paid by the tenant. So from a passive income standpoint or from a mailbox money standpoint, in my opinion, triple net lease is the flagship for what that truly means other than syndication or or passive investing deals. But from a direct ownership standpoint, I haven't found a more hands-off mailbox money way to make passive income. Michael, going forward, would you do commercial or residential? Oh, it's such a good question. I think a blend of both. I'm leaning more towards the commercial side of things. I think residential is one of the best way to grow and generate wealth. Like hands down throughout the history of time, I think it's been one of the best ways. Commercial is not as attractive of a return. They often don't appreciate as rapidly or as much as residential. But from a hands-off perspective, again, I don't think anything really touches commercial. And so build your wealth, build your nest egg in residential, transition it over to commercial and just hang out. What if you do value add commercial? Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. You could totally get the best of both worlds. So I did a lot of value add in commercial multifamily over the years. And there's no two ways about it. Don't want to sugarcoat it. It's hard. And doing it from remote, from a distance adds another layer of complexity to it. So if you can stomach it, if you can do it more power to you, I got lucky and kind of stumbled into it semi-successfully, but I've been definitely burned and tainted by it in the past. So make sure you know what you're doing or you're working with folks who know what they're doing. But you're right. You can totally get the best of both worlds. Well, my definition of commercial is non-residential. So when I say value-add commercial, I think maybe an office building or a strip mall that's 70% occupied. Ah, got it. Yeah. And getting it fully leased up. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. It's an area that I just have zero experience with. So I would be super nervous. But I think if you've got the know-how, got the wherewithal, it could be a big home run. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. And he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. Are you a real estate investor looking to break in the multifamily? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 23rd through 25th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from high-level apartment investing experts while networking with over 700 investors. If that's not enough for you, Shaq, yes, Shaquille O'Neal, Barbara Corcoran, Jocko Willink will be there as well. Be sure to secure your tickets at mfincon.com to find out more. VIP ticket holders can rub shoulders with these high-level speakers after their sessions. For details on sponsorship opportunities and tickets, visit mfincon.com. Use the promo code BESTEVER and get $200 off your tickets. That's mfincon.com. 
con.com promo code best ever the best ever listeners know that i'm always pushing people to explore commercial versus residential yeah so i'm that guy what are your two commercial properties are they retail industrial they're quick service restaurants okay how long is the lease on those the first one is a 10-year lease with four or five-year options and the second one's a 20-year lease with four or five-year options what kind of cash on cash returns do you get on those so on that first one, it's five and a half percent. And the second one is six and they've got built in rental increases. And the reason that the cash on cash is fairly light is because that was a family deal that we went in basically all cash on. So we took no leverage on it. We just said, Hey, let's take this soiree. We had, we had a 1031 that we needed to park some money in. So we did that. And we said, you know what? The returns aren't sexy, but we don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. It's just easy. Why not do a cash out refi? Actually, we just did on that second property and we're very excited about that. We got it locked in right before the rates went crazy. So we got a really attractive rate. We got it fixed for 10 years on a 27 and a half year AM. So we are just over the moon about it. And you could do that with the other one as well, right? We could do it with the other one. Yeah, we actually syndicated that deal with some other partners and family friends. So it would be a little bit more complicated, but totally as an option it could be done. How long do you plan on holding these? I think for forever, to be honest. With the rental increases that are built into the lease, the cash flow just starts to grow really, really quickly over time. And because I have so much active rental portfolio in the residential side of things, these are just so nice to not have to worry about. They just show up every month. I don't have to deal with tenant issues. It's just easy. I'm assuming these are larger national or regional companies, operators? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, for the best ever listeners, that means they cannot get out of that lease unless the parent company, I'm going to use Taco Bell, for example, if it's a Taco Bell or a Dunkin' Donuts corporate store, they cannot say, Hey, Michael, we don't like this location anymore. We don't like you anymore. We're out. The parent company essentially has to file for bankruptcy in order for them to break that lease. Yes. And that was a huge, huge reason for us ending up purchasing these two locations was one was a parent company lease with the worldwide corporation. And the second one was a franchisee, but they owned over 400 locations. And we were able to get the parent company to guarantee the lease, which was part of the negotiation. So you'll see a lot of these triple net lease properties out there with a franchisee that has six locations or two locations or five locations. And there is definitely more attractive cap rates there, but there's a reason that that's there. And so you really want to evaluate, do I believe that this parent company is going to be able to pay their rent in three years, five years, 10 years down the road? Are they going to be around? So that was definitely a, a big factor for us when evaluating these properties. That's a great point. So to equivalent this to the single family market, imagine your tenant saying, hey, Michael, I'm going to rent this house for you for 10 years. I'll stake everything on it. I won't leave. There's no way I could leave. And I'm also going to fix everything that breaks. All the repairs are on me, but I'm going to pay you 20 to 30% less on rent is essentially what a triple net lease is, right? Yep. I would jump on that all day. Having done both, I would be there in a heartbeat. Michael, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think my best real estate investing advice ever is you have to get educated and you have to understand what the pros and the cons are and what your risk tolerance is. And I say that kind of with an asterisk in that it's so easy to fall into this analysis paralysis where, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. And just one more podcast, 
one more book, one more seminar before I actually do anything. So you have to find this balance of where I have enough information to go execute responsibly, but not so much that I'm never going to get started. And I think a lot of people too hear that real estate investing is this amazing thing. Everyone should own real estate. You have to do it. And at the end of the day, yes, it can be for everybody, but it doesn't have to be. So if you're someone that really wants the hands-off stuff, they don't want to own directly, well, maybe you should go invest in syndications or maybe you should go invest in the stock market. So I think getting a clear enough picture as to what's actually involved with owning rental real estate, what does that mean for you as an owner on a daily basis is super important to get your head wrapped around before you go and buy property. Great advice. I also want to circle back on Roofstock. I saw a lot of portfolios for sale, mm-hmm. a portfolio of four houses in Chicago, 10 in Minneapolis. Are you geared more towards an experienced investor or the beginning investor or both? From Roofstock standpoint? Yes. I think both. And that's kind of the cool nature of the platform is we have single family homes and we have education. So we are really well geared to help beginners learn. But we also have, like you mentioned, portfolios and we have really advanced topics within the academy. So we also have a place for those seasoned advanced investors who are maybe looking to scale or get involved into a different asset class. So we really kind of run the gambit, which makes my job so much fun. Is there a charge for the academy? There is, yeah. So it's a paid program. We have three separate tiers, depending on what makes sense for folks. But to use the platform itself, like to go on and look at properties, Roofstock is totally free. And then if you're transacting on the marketplace, there's a small marketplace fee. All right, let's save our best ever listeners collective hours. What are the tiered education programs that you have? Yep. So we've got a self-study tier, which is kind of go at your own pace. I give you access to over 50 hours on on on-demand lectures. It's easy, self-paced. That's $3.99. If you want to have actually some one-on-one coaching, access to private Slack channels, we have a workshop program and that's $9.99. And then we have our top tier mastermind program, which is five grand. We're going to do 10 hours of one-on-one coaching, regular mastermind sessions, the whole shebang and shaboodle. And the cool thing about all of these tiers that they come with money back on the marketplace fee. So on the self-study, we're going to give you 250 bucks towards transacting on the website. The workshop, we're going to give you a thousand bucks back. And on the mastermind, we're going to give you 2,500. So that middle tier essentially becomes free if you end up buying two properties through Roostock. Yeah. I want to share a quick story. I started a commercial mastermind six months ago and half of the class has paid money to be in there. The other class is people I've done deals with or friends or people that I want to see get out of their nine to five and get ahead. And we're now six months into this. The only people doing deals are the ones that paid for it. I didn't believe it when people told me that was going to be the case, Yeah. but all my friends, everybody in there for free, they're not even showing up. I mean, they have all this education, this network in front of them. And it's crazy when people pay for something, they take it seriously. They're more vested in it. Yes. Blew me away that my friends, people that told me they're dying to get into real estate are not doing anything with this. You pay attention to what you pay for. And I'm right there with you. I thought there was no way we did a pilot, kind of a beta test for the mastermind and found the exact same result to be true. So I wish it were different, but for those folks that are serious, like come check it out. And we have a money back guarantee. So if you can't stand the sound of my voice or you don't like your coach, whatever, we'll get you your money back. No problem. But I think it is so important. And I think too, it kind of sets a precedent for in real estate investing, it costs money. There are things just in life that cost money. And so you have to get over that if you're going to be in this business. 
I'm sure the best ever listings are also wondering, were you working at the time that you were doing the van life? Yeah, I was working full time for Roofstock. So when I was doing all my traveling and stuff, when I left my nine to five, I was doing freelance consulting stuff, traveling. And then I got hired with Roofstock full time while I was doing van life. And I was like, Hey, just so you know, this isn't changing. No, no, no. We like, we know you're doing a great job from wherever you are. So make sure you got good Wi-Fi and you're good to go. Did you work from the van or did you set up shop in a coffee shop or outdoors somewhere? No, I worked in the van 95% of the time. A lot of what I was doing was coaching calls and podcasts and stuff. So being on video and having an area that wasn't going to be loud was super important. So if any of your listeners check out a lot of the YouTube recordings of the podcast, you'll see this wood paneling behind me. That's me in the van. Did you blog about this? Is there places we can dive into that story? I talk a lot about it on the podcast. I really haven't done much blogging about it. I post about it on Twitter occasionally, but no, I really haven't done much of a blog. Maybe I should do that. And is the podcast on roofstock.com and available anywhere else podcasts uh, are? Yeah. So it's available it anywhere podcasts are. It's called the Remote Real Estate Investor. So we like to joke that so many of us are living remotely and then investing remotely. So it's kind of a double entendre. Very cool. Michael, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh man, I think so. I hope so. I'm sure you'll make it through. Michael, what's the best ever book you recently read? I just read First to a Million by Dan Sheeks. As part of the Academy, we do a quarterly book club and do a Q&A session, get the author to come on and hang out with us for kind of a happy hour. And Dan Sheeks wrote this book as a guide for young people who are just getting started with the financial journey. And while so much of it was refresher for me, it was things that I had known already. It's always so good to get back to basics and kind of get regrounded in the things that you know you should be doing, but maybe have forgotten to do over time. Michael, what's the best ever way you like to give back? The best ever way I like to give back is to donate to causes that are important and near and dear to me. And I think that real estate investing has given me the ability to do that much easier and much more impactful than I think I, I would be able to otherwise. And Michael, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? You can find me on Roofstock at roofstockacademy.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Michael Album, And then I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Michael, thank you for your time today, sharing your journey with us. 10 years ago, you started out with single family rentals, and now you're part of a company teaching others on how to become investors and a great platform. Thank you again for the nomadic stories, the real estate experience, and most of all, thank you for your time. Totally, Ash. Thanks so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Awesome. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share the podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.